So if you're in a syndication where you shoved 100,000, 50,000, your life savings, whatever it is, and it was done properly, and there could be a timeline where you are promised your money out, or it could be an indefinite, we're just gonna keep the money until it's the best time to close. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski. I'm here with Gabriele Galluccio and Francesco Araish. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> We are yeah, all brothers, brothers from, from another mother. Mothers, so I guess the first time I've done that, I thought it was going to be funny, but apparently it really confused both of you. Sorry about that, boys <laughs> and listeners. Actually, we just thought no, you. I'm always we confused. know our names. I think <laughs> I am uh, the village idiot around here. Always, always want to uh, surround myself with people smarter than you. That's the secret to success, really. And uh, welcome, listener. If this is the first time. Please listen to the first 10 podcasts. The first 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Explains asset-based lending, explains how we buy assets using skills and not money. And specifically in this economic cycle, we can always buy assets using existing debt as well, if you know how, and if you have the skills as, 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 uh, to do so. And if you have not subscribed already, please do so. We always welcome five-star reviews, and we always welcome great feedback. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And our mission, our vision, our purpose is to give you absolute information, accurate information, and up-to-date information on how you can uh, leverage knowledge into passive income and a better lifestyle. So I'm joined today with my two compadres. My uh, The three musketeers are together. And I know that we uh, have not been pumping out podcast after podcast after podcast as we historically have. As the times change, so do we, and our mission is to give you really great episodes without necessarily getting a whole bunch of guests. In fact, we've done hundreds of episodes, no guests, and we're probably going to get to the point where we're going to have to bring in a couple guests because we're always hitting ourselves against the wall thinking, what are we going to talk about next that we haven't talked about yet? And then Gabe is like, nope, talked about that, nope, talked about that, nope, talked about that, nope, talked about that, and he goes, <gasps> nope, talked about that too. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we finally got a topic today after uh, three hours, 12 minutes, and 19 seconds of heated debate on a call that just a couple of days ago with a syndication. We've been talking about how the market has shifted. Many, many, many people bought into assets, multifamilies, or other projects in a five cap market. Money was below five. So you basically make the spread. And if you increase the value of the asset by increasing the rents, and optimizing the asset, then there's a really nice little fat little check for you because a 2% spread can be millions of dollars really in, on an upside. However, 2% dip is also millions of dollars on a downside, which means that if you have really put your chips and put all your chips on just an upside and not realize that when money is more expensive, the market turns and you have to exit, you're gonna be in big trouble. And I predicted well before November, we're in November right now. I predicted this, what, in July, August? I was saying that as the Fed raises the interest rate and the market slows down, which it has considerably, you're going to have some syndications that are going to want to exit because they've either A, promised to exit, their interest rates do not permit them to keep the property, or there's a balloon on the, on the mortgage, or there's personal circumstance 
there's a situation of some kind where syndication, which is where, for those of you that don't know what a syndication is, have Gabriel explain this, and basically where you have investors that are wanting their money back and you gotta sell the property to make that happen. Or there's no syndication and they did it illegally, bad boy, where they just took money, bought something, don't have any paperwork, and now they're in deep, deep shit because they shouldn't have done that without a syndication. So, here we go. What happens when shit hits the fan, investors want their money back, syndicators, or there's a change in, in market cycle where they've promised or they're obligated, because there could be something in the PPM, which Gabe will explain in a second, that basically says, hey, this is an indefinite investment, or maybe they put in a very specific end date of five to seven years, we must sell within that amount of time, you get your money back, and they did that because they wanted to placate their investors, suddenly that's happened, and they're in that cycle now, and like, shit, now the market's terrible, we have to sell, and we're everyone's gonna lose money, but we're obligated to because that's what the paperwork says. So Gabe, what's this indication? What's going on? Well, you basically described it. Syndication is simply the act of raising capital from investors, you know, outside investors or from the public markets without it being on a public exchange. So if, you know, you have a deal and you need a million dollars in order to be able to close on the deal, then you can just go see your, you know, a bunch of investors or ideally you want less, but one or more investors that are, uh, you know, from the public and asking them to bring the money in exchange of a piece of the pie or a piece of equity in the deal. And now, this is kind of just a broad way of, of saying this, but there are legalities around how to do this the right way. And that's not something we're going to get into because none of us here are attorneys or even pretend to be ones on podcasts. So we highly recommend that if you are going to get into a syndication, because it is a really good tool for growing your real estate portfolio, that you do uh, discuss this with an SEC attorney or at least a real estate attorney that has experience with syndications in order to make sure that you're raising, you're respecting the rules, the compliance rules when taking other people's money. And you can't take money from anyone. There are specific people that you are allowed to take money from and others that you are not. So, but that's what a syndication is. It's basically raising money in order to close on a deal. And it's for a specific deal. So if you have building A, you have a contract on it, and then you need money, you're gonna raise money for that specific deal. That's what syndicating is. Because if you're just raising money with the idea of buying a property you don't know which one is that's known as a fund so okay so let's get into the nuts and bolts well well what, <laughs> what happens? happens well let's, right? let's, what happens? Let, well, what let's, happens? let's yeah. play out so, a scenario a fan, right like in I, this case right no but the scenario was established i believe right that you've got into a syndication are we discussing this from both operators let's start with investors let's start with investors so 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 you're an investor, you invested in a deal, you had to vet it yourself, you were presented with some materials, whether it was a PowerPoint presentation or a private placement memorandum, which is just a document describing the opportunity. In there, you've made the decision that you're going to invest some money because the deal is supposed to be a deal that they've acquired at, let's say, a five cap. The idea was to, you know, by bringing up the revenues, you'd be able, and optimizing the property, bringing up the revenues, you'd be able to increase the value of the property and then you would be exiting around the same five cap, maybe even a four and a half cap. And now all of a sudden interest rates went up and just, you know, got your whole deal in shambles. And now your value has gone down. The value of the property has gone down significantly because the interest rates have gone up significantly. 
Now you're upside down. Can I just let me just let Negative me cash do flow. the math for those that are listening and maybe don't understand the difference between a five cap and a seven cap. So if someone has a hundred thousand sure. dollar net income, if your property has a hundred thousand dollar net income, and you take a hundred thousand dollars divided by 0.05, that's a two million dollar value. Now you take that same hundred thousand dollars, and now it's a seven cap market. You're looking at about a one point four and change valuation. So there's a half a million dollar plus spread on that two percent return difference. So if you came in at a five cap market and you borrowed eighty percent from a bank, eighty percent of two million dollars is one point six. Now the market shifted and you want to get out of your property and it's shifted in the wrong direction from a five cap to a seven cap, your one point six million dollar loan is greater than the $1.5 million value. It's 1.4 and change, 1.448 or something. I have to look at a calculator. But it's a significant problem in that now you owe more than the actual value of the property itself. So if you're in a syndication where you shoved 100,000, 50,000, your life savings, whatever it is, and it was done together, done properly, and there could be a timeline where you are promised your money out, or it could be an indefinite we're just going to keep the money until it's the best time to close. However, if there are market shifts or there's a capital call, which Frank will get into, I think, then what? Like I gave all my money to you. The market has shifted. Now the value of the property is actually a lot less. So selling my shares doesn't make sense because they're worth less than they were before. Or maybe I want to do that just to recover some cash or I don't even know I can do that, for example. And now there's a capital call. Mm -hmm. Frank's the operator. He says, hey, I need money. Hey, I need it now or else. Actually, before we- But I don't have any money. Before we go down there, so well, hold on. I, I just wanted to add something hey. here. Well, before we go down <laughs> to the capital call, all right? Not down anywhere, but yes. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> got a blurry background today, buddy. Well, it's, it's, I it's not blurry on, hey. uh, on this side. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, just because your value. So the scenario that you painted, Marco, that doesn't concern me as much as most of these syndication, they get variable adjustable rates. So when they get a mortgage, they don't usually get a fixed 25-year AM, 30 AM, and so they have a variable rate, so it goes up and down with the market, with the prime. That's where the pickle is, basically. That's where if the property's making, if it's a five cap, and now their rate, maybe they got it at a four before, or a three, or actually, as far back as what, even June, I think you're still able to get a 2.5 mortgage rate. So now their mortgage rates are a lot higher. So now they're having a cash flow problem. That's why they're going to demand a capital call. So it's not so much the value because if you don't crystallize the loss, if you don't sell the property, you don't crystallize the loss, right? So just because the value is off, that's an important factor. But the most important one is the cash flow. And if there's not enough cash flow to meet your debt obligations, pay your managers and operate the actual property, that's where the capital call comes in. So yeah, I'm calling everyone say, hey man, guys, we're in a situation, we need some capital. We need an infusion of capital now. And whatever that capital call is, you know, we need a million dollars or we need whatever it is. So every member, so every investor that came into this syndication is obligated to give X amount based on the proportion of their initial investment. So if they don't do that, again, it depends how it's written in the PPM or in this private placement memorandum. Does your shares diminish? Do you the person that comes in with more money gets a preferred interest rate and they get paid first. There's so many variables that can go into there. That's where the problem lies. And 
I guess the investors, they have a right to vote as well. So if the general partner is in a pickle and they can't raise that capital they need, two things are going to happen. Well, actually, either A, someone's got to step up to the plate, or B, whoever they got a loan from, so they usually leverage their loan from a bank or whatever, they're going to come knocking on the door and say, hey, we need the money. And if they don't need the money, they're going to foreclose and then everyone will lose their fucking shit. And that's not good. If it forecloses, it's all gone. Game over. It's all gone. So, and this is the debate we were having before in syndications. Some of them, I think most of them do have a time period where they have to sell. Gabe's saying it's almost like a stock where you can buy into it and you can actually exit anytime you want. Well, no, I'm saying that there's a proposed date and proposed exit plan, but that proposed exit plan could be extended indefinitely based on the market situation. And which is different than a fund, for example, because a fund, first of all, on a fund, you'll have, you know, right. tons of investors compared to a syndication typically. So even though there is an opportunity to extend the date, so they have to have a hard stop, which is usually five to seven years in real estate. And then they have the option in there to extend, you know, for a year or two, but they need a unanimous decision, for example, or really high percentage, which generally it could happen and it's happened before. But for the most part, an indefinite extension is not something that would happen. Whereas in a syndication, because there's less investors, depending on the situation, they might be able to do that where they can extend it two, three, four, five years without having as much of an issue as a fund would have, for example. That's what I'm saying. But there is no hard stop. Like in five years, we're selling no matter what. In my opinion, doesn't happen in syndication. I just don't see it make sense. But again, every syndication has its own rules. You write your own rules and the investors choose to agree and abide by those rules when they invest and sign the subscription agreements. So it's really what's written in your documentation. So as an investor, as a side note, make sure you understand these events, especially if you're investing now in this market, just make sure you understand what happens in the case, you know, that shit hits the fan. What are your rights? What could happen? What would you do if those clauses would be triggered? But yeah, I get that. You know that you think that there's an exit. That That's fine. Even if happen. the exit's not there, here's the situation where so we're, we're at a variable it is, rate. Yeah. It goes up. We're screwed. We can't pay. I come to you clowns and say, hey, guys, I need 500. Pony up. I need 500,000 each. We need a capital call to meet our... Uh, and yeah, Marco and, raises his hands like... I'm, I'm like, I, I'm a little old lady and I just gave you everything I have. I gave you my entire life savings because I was told by someone that I trusted that you were a good guy. I am I a good guy. It wasn't money. me. It was Guido. But yes, right. But so when, or you're just a savvy investor, see where this is going, and are comfortable with losing what you've already put in, and don't want to lose any. But that's more. what I'm saying. It, it could if just I, be that as well, where you're making. But that's decisions. what I'm saying. If I'm I don't collect money, money from the little old lady, being Marco, and yourself, then I got no yes. choice. The banks are going to step in. They're taking the property, and that's where the opportunity lies. That's what's going to happen. Correct. It's the domino effect. Not so much right. well, the value of the property is lower because it is lower because that can always bounce back within you know five, seven years with time. But with in terms time. of the cash flow, that's a real problem. If it's bleeding well, every month, no one's going to buy your position. So forget about sell- who's going to buy your shit. I'll so, sell you my position for to, so you can lose money. Exactly. As you mean as an investor. Like if nobody's going to buy your, grand, even if you sell it at 80, no, shares, that's it, forget it. It's going your down. Percentage, your, All right. Well, so from an investor side, let me just step away from this conversation for a second. There are two things that will fuck you in this business. Number one is buying it incorrectly, buying it retail. And number two is bad management. And there's a lot of 
So anyone that bought at retail with bad management is now going to suffer, right? So you could Mm -hmm. keep doing capital calls, but imagine being in a syndication where every month you're being asked for money now. You put money in and you're just asking for money and suddenly say, you know what, screw this. So there's 20 people. The first month, 18 do it, then 15, then 14, then 13, eventually dwindles down to nobody wants to do it anymore. (laughs) And they're now very angry. And now you're the operator that realized, well, now I can't exit because the market shifted. I'm running out of money because my property management is nickel and diming me because I didn't know that. And they locked me in for a year. A lot of these property management companies will lock you in for a year and they'll bankrupt the business before they let it go. If you're not careful, ask us why we know this, right? So you have to have the right clauses in your con- in your or addendums in your agreement to make sure that doesn't happen. You've got this angry group of limited partners that have invested in this deal saying, we're not investing this anymore. The market's gone up. You have bad management. They bought it wrong. What happens? What do we do? So I'm using a real scenario because one or the other is going to happen. I've had multiple calls just this week mm-hmm. on this. So now what? I think at this point <coughs> as an operator and as a limited partner, so whether you're an investor or you're the person who structured this deal, you just want to get out of this with the least amount of damage. I think what it comes down to. As an investor, you know, depending on the mindset of the investor, they're going to be angry for sure, but would you prefer let's say you invested 100 grand the first option is the bank, once you default on the payments a couple of times, they're going to come and foreclose and take the property. So option one, as an investor, yields you with, with that $100,000 back. So your other option would be to sell the property for whatever's owed on it, plus hopefully as much as you can so that the shareholders or the investor so for everybody who's invested 100 grand, maybe they get 10 grand back, 20 grand back, 30 grand back, and basically limit their losses. Whereas the operator obviously will leave there with losing nothing other than any money they've put in, if they've put in any but money. In this, but hold on a second. That, but, that, but, those are but that's provided you're, you're, upside down, exa- you're upside down, exactly. So you're selling, you gotta go back to the bank and say, we can't give you everything. <laughs> so either you gotta get a modification. You're short. Of the, you're short. Yeah. It is a short. No, you're short. Yeah, you're short. So I think that option is off the plate right now that you can sell and Never mind getting something. You're still on the hook for the bank, right? The bank's got their teeth sunk into that. If you owe the bank X amount and the property went down because the market slowed down, you're up shit's creek. Again, depends on the value you're assessed in terms of your LTV when you but, got well, in. If it's, 80, yes. okay. if it's an 80-20 at 5 and you're doing 80-20 yeah. at 7, you're you're upside down, buddy. Either way, you're, well, then or, the bank is going to take back the property. That's your, no, there is an out. There's really no out. Or? Wait, there's more. But no, there is for the average Joe, for the no average you're, Joe, you're, you're there's done. no out. That's the yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're yeah. an operator, you're going to take a haircut, and so is the bank. But the bank's like ultimately taking back the property, but they're yeah. also taking a haircut. In my world, that's the best scenario ever. In our world, in the tribe, like this is the exact scenario that we absolutely adore because we can actually help the operator, we can help the investors, and we can help the bank, and we can just step in and actually just sprinkle some magic fairy dust and bing. We bring it back to life. Uh, and this is the kind of deal that we love. So this whole conversation so far is, you know, what's happened, Where this doom and gloom, oh my gosh, everyone's losing their money, but we can actually step in and save the situation in many cases. 
if it's an adjustable rate mortgage that goes from you know five percent to ten percent when the return is not going to cover the money there could be well, ways of refinancing there's still a remedy the first on there. there's still a remedy there's there. still re- there's a lot of remedy yeah. there's a lot of things that we can do yeah. you know what we're I know about, what I'm right? talking about. I, I yeah, know what except I'm we're not about. we're yeah if you were at ninja you know what I'm talking about so there's a lot of things that we can do a lot of things that we can do very ninja things that we can do the point of this conversation uh, not to make a long story even longer is knowledge applied is extremely powerful and ignorance is very expensive and many many syndicators either operators or investors passive investors have put money into a project hoping the market goes up always buying retail because that's what everyone says you should do which i don't understand We've never bought anything retail unless we're doing a debt takeover of some kind, which is exactly what we're discussing now. Even on assets that are due on sale clauses up the ass, impossible, can't be done, never going to happen. Well, guess what? It's very possible if you know exactly what to do and how to do it with the right paperwork and the right structures, and there's nothing the bank can do about it. So if you're an investor that has put money into a syndication and it's you're being nickeled and diamond on that, please let us know. I'm not saying that we promise to be able to help you, but at least we can take a look at it and uh, see if it's something that what we can do and take a look at your PPM. Again, we're not attorneys, nor do we play one on TV. I'm not going to give you any legal advice. That's not my job. However, if there is a syndication that is not doing well and all the investors want to exit and they prefer to take a little bit than nothing, there could be solutions there depending on how how the deal is structured. And that's the kind of deal that really excites us because we like helping people. And as an investor were to get, you know, a chunk instead of nothing, I think that's definitely better than zero and as an operator if you can get out from underneath it and without having the scar of losing everyone's money i think that's a win as well so i think we can well i think it's your responsibility like your fiduciary responsibility to be able to go get you know or salvage as much as you can to help your investors yeah it goes from a five to a seven and the mortgage is more now than the actual value of the asset just because of this market and what the money is costing for this period of time, no agent's going to touch it anyway to get it sold. There's no money in it. Yeah, no, there's, there's no money there's no for them. On it. No so commission. It's a win-win-win if you just look at it that way. So, hopefully, you survived this episode. I appreciate you both very much. Again, Francesco Galuccio, Gabriel Araish. See, I can't say it properly. And uh, your almost fearless leader, Marco Kozlowski. Please like us, love us, share us, and we appreciate your comments, feedback. If you have any questions, email us, marco at marcokozlowski.com, marco at marcokozlowski.com. We appreciate your listenership, and we look forward to the next episode. Thanks, gentlemen. Bye for now, and crush it. This is a great time to be in the business. Best time in the last 14 years, in my opinion. Toodles. See you soon. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, This course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm